three, two, one. So I just saw Sardonicast, and it was awful. Um, I stole my own intro there because uh, <laughs> that's been... how you start everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, pretty much my quickies at least. Anyway, we're Sardonicast. Uh, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. I'm Alex from I Hate Everything. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. Ready? YouTube.com slash Ralph. There you are. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. Nothing went wrong that time. All we right. introduced ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Flawless. Yeah. It should be. The reason why I said uh oh before we started recording is because I realized I didn't have an intro to steal that I had in mind. I just got back <laughs> oh. f- from a flight from uh, Reno. I was at BLFC and it was lots of fun. It's a furry, dumb thing. And I, as I was there, I found out that I actually got accepted to Cannes Film Festival, which is very exciting. I'm very stoked. You got accepted to go. You didn't make a movie and it got accepted to Cannes. You're right. I did not make a movie (laughs) this year. That's that's really impressive. I did not make a movie in the past few days. They accepted it before the movie was finished. They're like, this guy is probably going to make something good. So I made the movie in the past three days and now I'm going to France. That's awesome. Impressive. Good for you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. They've got like a dress code and everything. So that's going to be interesting. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? I never never once thought in my life that I'd be buying uh, last minute tickets to France. You know, mm-hmm. that was fucking yeah. pricey and annoying. But, yeah, but hopefully I'll see some good shit. There's a lot of stuff that I could see. I might be able to see Under the Silver Lake, depending. Oh, so. please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would yeah. be awesome. That and uh, try to see Climax. Gaspar yeah. Noé's new movie. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it's playing there. Yeah, so, so it it's anyway. my my uh, badge is only for the last like few days of the festival, uh, and so okay. like there's limitations to where I can be and what I can see. This is a program mm-hmm. that they've only just started this year for like twenty to twenty eight year olds. All you have to do is just write mm-hmm. them a letter and say like, "Hey, I like film a lot," and then they might accept <laughs> you. Is that, is that what you have to oh. do? And the only reason I got accepted is because. Apparently, some other people canceled. So that's why it was so last minute. So anyway, I should try that out, too. That's why we're recording early is because I'm I'm going on a fucking plane to France by the time that we usually record. So it's like 24 hours home. I'm literally just here to record the podcast and that's it. So, wow. Yeah. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) That's commitment. Yeah, that is commitment. See what What we do for you guys. Uh (laughs) Ralph, you wanted to mention something. Oh, is it that the new DSLR guide video came out? No, <laughs> done it. Uh, but also, well, I've yes. had enough of him. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great if you guys want to check it out. He films his feet for three minutes. Oh, um, Quentin Tarantino that, film. Yeah, <laughs> it's Ooh, like a foot nice. fetish movie. Okay, cool. Um, but beside that, we're I think we're making a website. We probably are making. A we, website. Think, we think. We think we're yeah. maybe making. None of us we are have. Happy, but it's we, we have. Like, we don't really know what we're doing yet, but basically, I just wanted to get it. I wanted to put the seed in everyone's head that we are making okay. a website that's going to organize everything, and it's going to have extras for you guys and all kinds of cool things Aww. you can do. And I'll have, like, maybe a little subscription service so you get to see episodes early, and you get to see Adam edit the episodes and whatever bonus stuff, mm. you know. Cool, cool stuff like that. that maybe even epic. live streams. Maybe yeah. not. Like that's we have no idea what we're doing yet. But yeah. get ready for it because it's going to yeah. be cool. And that's why I was confused yeah. as to why you wanted to mention it right away because you we still you're. I mean, this is just speculation. Yeah, you know? I mean, it is coming. 
we think these the website will have these things. Yeah, it's Hopefully. a teaser. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but now you've planted expectations in people's heads. Exactly. So we got to live up to them. And if those expectations aren't met, then people are going to be mm-hmm. mad. I'm like, used to disappointing people. Don't worry. Oh, okay. My All right. My parents had high hopes. Now I'm making YouTube videos. Now they have high notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have this really weird thing with uh, my brain. <laughs> where my subconscious mm-hmm. is an asshole when it comes to me and dreaming a lot of the times. Like, okay. I have very vivid dreams. I know a lot of people don't, like, really remember their dreams. I remember a lot no. of my dreams. And a lot of the times they're, okay. they're like, awful, depending on the circumstances of how I'm sleeping. And so, obviously, I slept on the plane on the way back here not too long ago. And I had a dream that I was in the same plane seat, but there was, like... The guy sitting next to me was this this like huge, gross, sweaty, overweight, like tons of pimples, tons of moles. Basically didn't even have human form anymore. He was kind of like a blob. And he kept like trying yeah. to get past me and he would like he would like lift his arm up. But underneath his arm, he his his armpit hair was basically like like a sword shape. Like it was like pointy. <laughs> and he would like brush it past my face, and I was just like, no, nah, and I couldn't move. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. no! And this guy was getting his armpits sweat all over my face. Then I was like, oh no, please stop! And I'm like lifting my arms up so that I don't get his armpit in my face. He's like, oh, what? What? So you? What are you trying to do? Like he kept getting offended by it. And then I, I was he he mm-hmm. put his hands in my mouth and just started like basically abusing and assaulting me and this was all very vivid and real and so it was incredibly traumatic and mm-hmm. i put my hands up and i would try pushing him away <laughs> like please stop and then as soon as i try pushing the guy away where i'm like no stop doing this the person in the row in front of me in my dream pulls out their ipad and starts recording as though i'm like the aggressor like oh look at this fucking guy oh we're gonna make sure this goes <laughs> online i'm like no and i was it was Jesus. fucking awful and that is the Second worst dream I've had on an airplane, with the first being dreaming that the airplane I was on was crashing. <laughs> that oh, was okay. awful. God, that's very dramatic. I'd I'd rather crash Ugh. than go through that. Oh my god! The guy was probably American. I know it was a dream, but he was probably an American. <laughs> it was stressful. So that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's I that's why I waited to tell you how my flight was, <laughs> Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't been on a plane since I was like fifteen. Oh so. geez. really? Yeah, yeah, I just, I just haven't. I don't know what to tell you. Safest mode of transport, even though it's always mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> There's always a little bit of a fear. You're like, oh, is someone going to fucking take over the plane? Is it going to crash? Is something going to explode? Yeah. Is Bane going to show up? Is Bane going to show up? Yeah, yeah. that shit. Like oh, a, fucking, yeah. a plane attaches to another plane. <laughs> it's a shame. I keep a dream journal, but I can't find it right now. Oh. It's like it's it's like a document on my computer. I have some funny fucking dreams on there, but whatever. Oh, that's cool. Another time. <laughs> yeah, dream journals. Yeah, you should are cool. try to keep it because it gives you a lot of good ideas for either jokes or videos or anything, movies. Oh man, I have so many dreams where I'm like, oh, that would make a perfect movie, and I write it on my phone like real quickly, and then go back to sleep again. You know, just like kind of interrupt yeah. my dream, and then I wake yeah, up again and I, totally I remember the whole that. thing. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. There's so many plot holes in this shit, but it only makes sense that when you're dreaming matter. it. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it, I mean, yeah. like, if it doesn't make enough sense, then it's like, okay, it's not worth... Well, you can't use the whole idea. You gotta use, like, a, a, a little segment of it, and then make it... Yeah, yeah. that's totally what Charlie Kaufman does, I think, oh. sometimes, at least. Or maybe he just smokes a lot of weed, bro. Yeah, well, weed <laughs> is the other way of doing that. But weed, the thing is, with weed, you can't coherently write anything down while you're on weed. 
Unless it's music. I draw pictures. Yeah, music. Really? I can't do anything. I just write music. <laughs> I, not music. I, I just draw pictures. <laughs> That's it. I just draw pictures when I'm home. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, so, there's a certain amount of people out there that think that like the only way to be creative is to get high, which I just find very strange. Of course not, but it's a way of being creative. Hmm. Speaking of people being on drugs while making something, let's yes. talk about Last Jedi. A uh, perfect transition. <laughs> Thanks. You should you should win an Oscar for that. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, Disney's giving them out, so. Mm. Might as well. What did you in. guys think? I, what were they thinking? <laughs> where to where to begin? I have a very strange relationship with the Last Jedi. Like, I go two days really liking it, and then the next two days I like change my mind. Uh-huh. I, I, just, I just can't make my mind up on it because um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the issues I just don't agree with some of the major ones. Um, I th- I do think it has problems. So I, for some reason, because this whole thing happened where someone made a video on my video. So now I have this reputation for not thinking that it's possible to dislike the movie when even though oh. I never said that. But Oh, I love mm-hmm. those. Like, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. <laughs> Obviously, it's fine to dislike the movie. There's plenty to dislike about it, but I also right. think there is some to like in there too. Um, like, what, what is your what are your biggest problems with it? I guess that's the biggest like area to start with and a jump a off point. There's a what do you say is the single biggest issue with the Last Jedi? Too many women. Too many women. Mm. They're yeah, taking def- over definitely. our movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's make it clear that that's not one of the issues involved in it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm being completely serious, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay out of my underwritten movies. characters. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, tired. women are ruining Star Wars. That's okay. Well. Um, the biggest issue <laughs> is that nothing meant anything. It's a completely pointless movie. And you know what the biggest thing was? It felt like. It hated every movie that came before it, and it oh. was like undoing. Sense. It was undoing everything, every movie before it had established. Okay, and that's what I feel like all of these Disney movies are doing now. Wow, the, the Star Wars movies is that they they hate the movie that came before them and they try to undo everything the last movie did. So it's like we're just constantly going backward, and I bet in the next one too, when JJ takes charge again, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna undo everything Last Jedi did. Well, I I wouldn't say they hate the previous films. I would say that it's self-explanatory. It's Disney remaking Star Wars in 2015, 2018, you know. Like that's you're mm-hmm. you're getting exactly what you pay for in that category. And mm-hmm. when yeah. that sort of thing happens, you don't get a faithful adaptation based on what made the first movies work so well. You get a rehash of things that are kind yeah. of trying to be like the first movies and have a lot of money behind them and hope that it works out and advertise it enough that people will see it and hope that brand mm-hmm. recognition works out well and it did and they are making a shit ton of money so uh I mean that's what yeah, that's what but... we got I I don't I don't know what people expected when everybody was really excited that Disney was remaking Star Wars in the 2015 era and now people are disappointed because they got a disney star wars film in the 2015 ish era i mean it's basically fan fiction i'm just not surprised and i've never given a shit about star wars so that's kind of where yeah. i'm sitting <laughs> alex and i are more involved in the story yeah wars. i, I don't understand what 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 you mean by the, it like hating the previous movie Cause, um, cause it, well, all of them are fan fiction. That's just what's going to happen now. Because George is not involved anymore. And, you know, say whatever you want about the prequels. But that's what he wanted to do. 
So I'm like, okay. Uh, the new ones, by the way, aren't as bad as the prequels. But like, okay. mm-hmm. the seven, seven introduced so many things. Captain Phasma, Snoke, the dynamic between Rey and Luke and all these things. And then Ryan gets this stuff and he's like, okay, I'm going to undo all of it. So like, like 80% of the movie is there. him undoing everything that last no, but movie What did. you just listed there is like, I wouldn't consider like anything major. Captain Phasma is like a, a minor B character who means nothing. Yeah, yeah but it still takes Snoke. up 10 minutes of the movie. It's like 10 minutes of this, of this movie is taken up with like this awful scene of Finn calling Phasma Chrome Dome and then them fighting with electric swords. Mm. And it's like, what the fuck is this now? And that's why the movie kind of feels like a mess. It's not un- it... undoing anything, though. That's just like... That's very Star Wars to me. They did the, they did the exact same thing with the exact like equivalent character in the o- OT with Boba no, Fett. It's the same thing. I don't thing. feel that way either. <clears throat> I, well, Boba Fett doesn't show up till the, the second one. And yeah, Boba Fett's not... It so, is a rehab, Like, everyone right? made a big deal about Boba Fett after the fact, but during Boba that Fett. movie, he was just... Bubba Fett, yeah. Bubba. He was just Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. Bubba Hotep Fett. <laughs> but, but the, the like, he was just this guy in the background. deal out of Phasma, really? No. Well, yeah, they do. Well, I guess, I'm I'm sorry, the marketing did. So, yeah. I guess that's partly it. And then Gwendolyn Christie going on about how great of a character Captain Phasma is. And she's in it maybe a total of five minutes out of the two movies. When you, you said just... Snoke as well, right? Yeah, Snoke, they but... set up this intimidating villain and just kill him at the end because they didn't know what to do with him. Ryan's like, I don't fucking no, know, because so let's he, just kill him. That <laughs> character isn't interesting. He's just like a rehash of the Emperor. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Just He plays his part. He's just like a, a plot device, effectively, to yeah. assist another character. I, I, don't, I don't really see that's... the problem in that. That's not good writing for me. Everyone in the original trilogy does something. What I take issue with in, in your criticism here is something that a lot of people have been doing. And maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think that just because Ryan Johnson is the only writer credit that that means that he was the only writer in this oh, no, multi-million dollar Disney film. So I don't, I don't think he can I... really be used as a scapegoat for why this film you know, either bastardizes earlier characters or, you know, parts of the franchise or why it turned out poorly. I don't think he can really be the scapegoat. He's not solely responsible for for this project at all. I completely agree with you on, but on those certain elements like Phasma and whatever, the, mm-hmm. those had to be his decisions because I Who don't knows? know why Disney would decide. I don't know why Disney would decide to kill off these characters. Like, just, I don't know. That's, that, that, that's that something that felt a... like Ryan wanted that to happen. That's such a minor part of the film, though. Like the the actual problems with the film is, is the like the weird structure of it and and weird plot holes. Like the the whole film is kind of based around a chase, yeah. right? With like yeah. a, a a ship running out of fuel is the concept. Um, mm-hmm. But there there are little things that like why don't they, I don't know, send a few destroyers in front of it and, and just shoot it from the front? You know, st- stuff like that that you can't really argue against or like. I know a lot of fans have problems with new things that the Force can do all of a sudden. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, they changed I, it in the prequels anyway, too. And they were like, it's, it's midichlorian or whatever. I, I, yeah, I kind of understand, episode. but I also don't at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. what does it, does it actually ruin? Like, I heard the argument that the Force hologram thing, um, like, ruins everything because why didn't they just use it in the past to solve... Every issue they've ever had, like send someone into the Death Star to well, destroy it as a as a ghost. Or there's a kind of a reason for that. That's kind of a spoiler. Are we gonna say that this is a spoiler discussion? 
I think it's fine uh, to spoil. Yeah, to be honest. Okay. Like, this is a spoiler months. discussion. Well, my interpretation. Yeah, I mean, like that. Apparently, <laughs> it's just the you know super move that uses all of your uh, PP, and then you're left to flinch and then die. What, yeah, what does it ruin for you, Ralph? Well, the Force. I'm a big fan of the original trilogy. I hate what they did with the Force and the yeah whatever. same. The Force is supposed to be this subtle thing that you never see, and it's like it's used to fuck with people's heads just a little bit. It's just this. There's always this presence of it, and I think that's way more interesting than having it be used to push things with your hand or to do stupid shit like at the end of the movie where Luke makes a Force hologram. Why, why is there's, that there's some there's some force things they do in the movie that are really cool, like when Ray talks to Kylo, and yeah. it's just like these shots of them, you know, it's like shot reverse shot, but they're in different locations and there's mm -hmm. a little bit of an echo. Like that's the force to me. That feels right. And then there's right. dumb shit like that. I well, I don't understand what's dumb about it though. To me, it, it makes sense because Luke was established through like Yoda. And Yoda's always going going on about how the force is like. It's not to be used as like a weapon and everything, and he uses it in like a clever, you know, pacifist way to Fear. save everyone. Turns to yeah, anger. Yoda, shoot, Yoda shooting lightning out of the sky was was just fucking stupid. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> it's that, just that one is hard right. to defend because yeah, that's hard to defend. It, I I don't like it's all that these little things, things though. I don't know if that makes it ruin Star Wars to me. No, it didn't ruin Star Wars. I just don't think it's a very good movie. There's some good stuff in it. But yeah, I don't like what they did with the Force in it at all. That's a reasonable perspective. Yeah. Because, yeah. I don't know, I, a lot of people are, are really overreacting about this movie, I feel. Like, there's yeah. too many extremes, you know, not enough moderate kind of like, oh, it was all right perspectives. Because that's what I think. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it was, mm, it was a Star Wars thing. And yeah, it was kind of dumb, but so were a lot of the other ones. So When I first saw it, it was like right down the middle. And it's, it's leaned more toward negative as time has gone on. But... Mm -hmm. You know, I don't hate it outright. It's mm. still better than the prequels. I, I was trying to think about this. Like, the, the movie clearly has this message, and everything's trying to build towards this concept and idea of like failure, and you know, actually has themes. What greater themes do old Star Wars movies have that all build into this central idea, like of narrative structure? Do do they have any well, beyond like Empire really Strikes vague? Back? had this theme of failure too but the thing is that movie actually had stakes and consequences for the failure like at the end of that movie things are royally fucked by the end of it and at the end of this everyone are fails and no one pays for it they're all the characters are fine and they're basically the same people at the end finn did absolutely nothing the whole movie and that one chance he did have to do something which is sacrifice himself the i think the, that's what the worst scene in the movie yeah yeah what was that stupid line uh, like love is gonna save us as a fucking yeah, explosion goes off behind. Stupid... Oh yeah! <laughs> as the whole yeah. rebellion gets blown up <laughs> right the, in the background. <laughs> the justification for crashing into him. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But Alex, I like that theme. I like that idea that the rebellion is like almost dead, and they're mm. getting hunt hunted down, and it's these few guys left that defend it. It's kind of like the story of three hundred, where like these few men inspire the whole galaxy to rebel against the Empire, their yeah. actions in this movie. But that's not what happens. It's just like this boring fucking movie where no one does anything, and then Luke becomes a hologram. And it's like, why didn't Luke just go there and, and like, sacrifice himself? It was a distraction. I, I don't understand that um, idea either, how that would improve the movie at all. Um, I, yeah. 
what what is it about Luke not being there that is so? It, it was just like this extra step that wasn't necessary. We're like, ooh, he can do that. There's key to it though. Luke isn't goes it? there as a force hologram, and then he doesn't die. And then they cut to him. Yeah, but he di- He doesn't die on the like he. They try to shoot his hologram, and he doesn't die. And you're like, oh man, Luke's invincible. And then Luke disappears, and then he just dies on the planet. And it's like, why'd you need that extra step? Couldn't you just go to the planet and and kill himself, <laughs> sacrifice himself, and like this dramatic scene? But no, he's just like on a hill somewhere, and he and he just fades away. Bye. That's a personal thing. I mean, you could like that, but that's that's yeah. a little gripe I have with it. I, I I very much empathize with the perspective that it does kind of bastardize and change how Star Wars is quote unquote supposed to be. But mm-hmm. I guess also from the perspective that, you know, I'm I never really gave too much of a shit about Star Wars. I'm just like yeah. it to me, a sequel doesn't ruin the original films, you know, like Rec Three yeah. was shit and mm-hmm. I talk about how bad Rec Three was, but yeah, it is. You know, I've still got Rec 1 and 2. It I, I thought you said Shrek 3 for a oh, second. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, that Shrek one was a masterpiece. I'm sorry yeah. that you... Shrek 3 did ruin the Shrek trilogy. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, yeah. the the biggest issue I have with the conversation surrounding this movie is that, like, the fan culture hype is just so much that people can't handle anything that's not living up to their expectations you know Mm -hmm. where it's like they've they've have they have this idea of how excited they are for something and when it doesn't live up to that it's just like uh it's terrible and i guess this is this is not just that i'm not trying to like brush away all the criticisms as as being that but it does explain a lot of the like obsessive overreaction that we're seeing like it's not the worst movie ever made i don't think it ruins star wars I don't see how a a sequel to something in the in the franchise can ruin what you love about the previous films. I don't I don't understand that at all. I've yet to hear a convincing like reason for why it is as bad as it is. Um Well, Luke wouldn't do that. He's a Jedi. He wouldn't <laughs> Luke would never do that that thing that he does in the movie that goes against his character. I did every I did like everything they did with Luke and Ray and Kylo. So you did like Luke. Oh, you liked the nipple yeah, milk, I, I liked... milk drinking alien. So Luke, scene. Luke's I mean, one of the most that was controversial okay. elements. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a mixed thing. I but that's like at least that's something interesting and at least the writing was kind of interesting there. But mainly it was just a messy story with where nothing really happened and it was inconsistent with the rest of this universe which is mainly the reason why people hate it those two reasons it is a is a weird film yeah uh, and i i don't think it's definitely not what the fans wanted but mm-hmm. i i never approached it from from that perspective i i was going into it knowing it was a ryan johnson movie and, and i was just kind of watching it as his interpretation of a star wars movie like i didn't go in like hoping for things to happen in that same way that mm. i guess some of the fans do I guess the problems come into when you disagree with what you think a character would would do, but I found the motivations behind the actions of the certain characters in the movie to be um, understandable based on what we know about them. I know people disagree with that, but to me, I I can find reasons behind it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for for Luke, yes, and Ray's a bit better in this movie because she actually you know struggles a bit. I said in my like video that I, I, I find that 
a lot of the issues come from the place that J.J. Abrams decided to start this new trilogy from. Mm. Um, they said, mm-hmm. He said it in a time period where all of the interesting stuff has kind of already happened. We want to see Luke training people. We want to see what happens with like Kylo you know, going evil or whatever. But they, mm-hmm. they jumped so far into the, f- the future with um, this, this, this very simplistic set of new characters that are, that are kind of just based in this retread of A New Hope. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really know what else Johnson could have even done with like what, what pieces were left at the end of More it. More porgs! Yeah, that's the issue, too, is that they had no plan for any of this. I think Ryan said that in a tweet, that they just they had no fucking idea. Kathleen Kennedy, who's supposed to be in charge of this thing, like, she doesn't have a plan. These movies are going to make a billion dollars each, easily. No matter that, what. That is what baffles me the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it feels like. That's why it was just messy storytelling, because Finn does nothing the whole movie. Rose is introduced in this movie, and you're like, why is this character even in here? And Poe is off on the side with Lord Dern doing some shit. You know, it's like the only thing mildly interesting in this film was uh, Ray's stuff and Kylo's stuff. What is frustrating about it is you can see how these characters from the beginning in a, in a different structure and different story could have been really amazing. Yeah. Um, like everything the fans could have wanted. But I don't know, there's, there's just this Star Wars nostalgia attack that Hollywood just knows will work. You know, you shove yeah. a TIE fighter and an X-Wing on the screen and they know they're going to get cheer. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like, even with everybody denouncing Star Wars from Episode Eight, I predict that probably the majority of those same people will still see the next episode. Of course they will. You know, even if even 100%. if they're going into it, just being like, I'm probably going to hate this, you know, mm-hmm. they're still going to buy a ticket. And that's part of it, too. Like... It is it is a new trilogy, so it's hard to look at the full picture without seeing the last one too. So I am reserving some of it to that. Like if the third one really does just go against everything the last Jedi did and doesn't build on anything that the previous two ones did, then at the end of it all, it will just kind of been a colossal waste of uh, a bunch of interesting concepts and ideas. That's what's going to happen because they don't have a plan. So JJ's going to go like, I, I don't know. They might well, have a loose do plan. everything he did. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there wasn't a plan for Empire, was there? And they still made one of the best Star Wars movie. That's arguably. true, too. So I wouldn't write it off quite yet. We, I don't know. We might, we might see something good from it, and it might complete it. We just don't know until it comes out. I am expecting yeah. a plot twist in the third episode. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. A plot twist that may or may not explain away some of the issues that people have with this trilogy. You mm. know, we might get well, a plot twist explaining why Ray's a Mary Sue. Yeah, know? maybe that too. Ray didn't earn yeah. the Force at all. Exactly, <laughs> and yet like, she's they might a master in that. it. Yeah, but there's, there's still no. Movie. In terms of a story, like how effective it is in the original trilogy that Luke basically sucks at the Force until the very end of the last one. And even then, he could barely beat Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader goes easy on him. Like, that's the only reason, like, Luke wins that fight. Like, he struggles to get the Force, but he really wants to do it. And Rey, in the first one and the second one, is just fucking whining the whole movie. And then she wins the Force anyway. She she masters the Force. Hell yeah. And having any genetic blood tie to anything, or being trained thoroughly, it's just, it's given to her. I think the biggest problem with Rey is that her cockiness should end up with her like tripping at some point like she's so powerful 
it needs to have some kind of repercussion you know yeah. like she can do everything immediately she doesn't have to like earn or work for it and i'd be okay with that if, if it had some kind of greater effect or or repercussion as a result of like if, if she was built up from the start of like wow look how like powerful i am from like nothing i'm like the greatest and it and it, and it led to some kind of consequence that made her learn a lesson or change that, yeah that yeah. could be interesting there's no but. consequences a lot of these characters including ray don't exist to be characters they exist to pander towards demographics you know yeah. so i mean like that's that's, that's the, the character itself is secondary and that's what mm -hmm. Disney does, and that's what I was expecting <laughs> from a Disney Star Wars yeah. remake. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's why people call her a Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I get the criticism. It's kind of become, I guess, taboo to say Mary Sue now. You know, it's very interesting. What? Is that Disney is is willing to appeal to basically every minority demographic possible, except gay people, because that doesn't sell in China. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, no gays, no ghosts. Those are the rules. Did you ever see the Chinese poster for the Star Wars movies? And it's the same poster, except except yeah. Finn. They just make Finn like really yeah. small. <laughs> it's like holy shit! Isn't that fucking horrible? Isn't that kind of fucked up though? Like that it is now. Hollywood is just making movies for China because they're yeah. a huge audience now, and that's why we see these trends. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Black Panther poster. They they covered Chadwick Boseman's face with the. The Black Panther mask as well. Yeah, they don't want yeah. they don't want Chinese people to know there's a black man in that suit. But it's like <laughs> it's not even just the marketing; it's like it's the films themselves. You know? Do you think they re-edit these movies? With well, like, I, I mean, know, like they just CGI Finn out and put uh, Jai Courtney there or something. There's a um, <laughs> there's actually a Wikipedia list of like edits that uh, films have made for the Chinese market. Mm -hmm. and which films are banned and you know what changes were made to certain films it seems like from disney from for the most part in this current year that they're just tailoring the films from day one with the chinese audience in mind you yeah. know yeah you that's, very that's why you don't have a gay character but you have every other minority in current disney movies mm -hmm. but know? china doesn't like star wars it, it doesn't that's do that thing. well there why do they even bother oh yeah. they make some money i guess yeah, I mean, Maybe. It's, still, <laughs> it's still a big market, I guess, regardless. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. prefer, like, more colorful. I mean, this is from what I've read. They prefer more colorful sci-fi, like Guardians of the Galaxy, something like that. You know, Transformers. Where it's, like, upbeat and fun. Transformers, yeah, that's another one. There's, like, levity to it. I want to see Stephen Chow direct a Marvel movie. <laughs> I would love that, too. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be great. That's another issue with the movie, too. It's very tonally inconsistent, where you got the porgs in there, and then you got mm. fights with like hardcore violence, people getting decapitated. So it's this blend of like, who's this movie made for? I guess it's kind of made for everybody, but it doesn't really mesh. What'd you guys think of the fight scene with the red dudes? I love that fight scene. I didn't. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you thought it was too slow, right? I no, didn't know I, I, the choreography just didn't seem realistic at all. They built it up so much. You know, they built it up as this like, oh, can't you wait until this fight scene's going to happen? And then it happened. And I'm like, this isn't didn't seem believable it didn't seem fluid it seemed like there were a lot more days of rehearsal that they could have had for the choreography hmm. that's that's the I mean, that's how it felt to me you have the right to think that but i, I thought it was awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was so different too to have a lightsaber fight that's not just two guys with a lightsaber yeah it's so yeah. strange like, two lightsabers weapons. don't even touch in the whole film <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do like that as well
Yeah, I feel I, I it's so weird that uh, I feel like my opinions on this film are like very uh, opposite to other people. Everybody hates the casino scene. I'm like, ah, that's where it started getting kind of fun for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, sure, it felt fillerish, but yeah. I mean, it was the first part in the movie where I was like not bored, I guess. Did you like that they rescued the animals, but not the children who were oh, slaves? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then oh, they're like, yeah. this is the real victory as the fucking child slaves still get whipped. But the, the oh, kids, man. but the babies can use the force that they end credits anyway. All they needed was some encouragement, so they'll be fine. Yeah. The kid has a broom and he has like yeah. a, a ring that came out of a cereal box with yeah. a rebellion sign on it. It's the Infinity the Stone. Break. And then the, the Mickey Mouse logo appears in the stars. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't think that happened, I have a question but... for you guys. Yes. How do you think these films are going to age? So add on ten years, where we've what, how many Star Wars films will we have in ten years? Like, and looking back uh, at these films, what what do you think the general consensus is going to be? Because I really don't know anymore. Well, I, I mean, I Star Wars well. is just it's the it's the whole fucking brand, right? Like, you can't escape it. Like, theoretically, people yeah. shouldn't still be talking about the prequels, but we still talk about them, even when there weren't new Star Wars movies in development. Like, they're always yeah. going to be a, a a point in a conversation. They're always going to be a, a hot topic, you know? Yeah. People don't shut up about Star Wars. It's always going to be a thing. Yeah, that's true. But I guess the films themselves, I mean, quality-wise... You know, the internet kind of comes to a unanimous decision on if something's quality or not. Like, yeah. it, what's, what's the result going to be in, in the end? Uh, I don't know. It depends on the third movie, I guess. Yeah, I don't expect it to save everything, but <laughs> there's a chance, yeah. I guess, for some people. I mean, it could Star like Star Wars fans. I think, from what I know, because I know quite a few Star Wars fans, including someone who loves the prequels, and he hates these new movies. He hates all of them except Rogue One. Right. So I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I guess part of it is just there are so many Star Wars fans. Like, no matter yeah. what is released now, there are going to be huge sects who hate it and huge sects who love it, and there will yeah. be a big chunk in the middle. And... I mean, there's no pleasing everybody, because no matter what you do, you're going to piss someone off, which is part of the reason why I'm just like, maybe just don't make them anymore. But Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, Let's not make the billions. Mm -hmm. But you could just leave a good thing alone. Yeah, why would you? I feel like if if Ryan Johnson, if they gave him so much creative control that it was all his fault, then I feel like we would have had the uh, Lord and Miller solo film. You know, if that's what if Disney yeah. was giving people mm -hmm. creative control, then why didn't that happen? You know, like I feel like the Ryan Johnson film was what Disney wanted. Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. I mean, they had the same issues with Rogue One, where they kept re-editing the movie to make it you know more upbeat. Yeah, they they're fucking with all of them. I guess Ryan put up the least amount of you know of a fight compared to the other guys. But I really I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't blame Ryan entirely. I mean, just the structure of the movie is kind of a mess. The movie ends thirty minutes after it should have ended. It's a lot of things. I see. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult film to talk about. Like just like the movie, all the discussions around it are messy. Yeah, I mean you could <laughs> um, go on for hours <laughs> about about yeah. this fucking movie. Yeah, just the reaction to it. Yeah, I, I still haven't made my mind up, and I think it's going to take more time to yeah. come to a conclusion. I feel like I would, yeah. it would be easier for me to come to a solid conclusion about this film if I watched it a second time, but I don't want to, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah if you don't, if you don't care, who cares? Whether it's a six, yeah. five, four, three, two, or whatever, you know, it's one of those. It's not a seven. 
um, mm-hmm. no matter what. It's like I'm not. I don't have any interest in seeing it again, which is most yeah. Star Wars films for me. So <laughs> it, it's so inconsistent. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Yeah. And I, Force Awakens is a remake of New Hope, but I rewatched Force Awakens I think three times. Oh like, wow! It's an entertaining. It's an entertaining movie. I've not not by myself. I've watched it with other people. Oh family, yeah. Whatever. Your my enablers. Friends. Yeah, my enablers. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. I'm like, that was entertaining. I laughed. I had a good time. It didn't feel long. And this was just like, a, it was a disaster, kind of. With some good nuggets of gold in between, but still. Some nuggies. Some some good nuggies. Mm. Yeah. I, I get that people like it, though. I totally see where you're coming from, Alex. But yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I know. I just, I'm just fully taking it for what it is. I mean, yeah, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't know what it is either. <laughs> I, it's just something that, like, you know, when the third movie comes out, I'll probably have more of a solid opinion because then it'll be in perspective yeah, of the trilogy, which, yeah, you know, theoretically, the trilogy is its own piece, I guess. Yeah. That's how I've been thinking about I it. I know yeah. an older Star Wars fan as well, and he was telling me when Empire Strikes Back first came out, because he was alive during that time, people hated it. They had the yeah. kind of the same reaction as they did to Last Jedi, and now we look back on Empire Strikes Back like it's a classic. Yeah, that's um, not going to happen here. Does he but... like The Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> did he see The Last Jedi? No, he didn't, because he oh, has he kids, and he didn't get a chance to when I was talking. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, well. Is that all you... Uh... That's all, that all yeah. we have to say about it. You, it's did like, you like it's the like this discussion is just fizzled out by the end. Like, yeah, it's a little, the fuck is that to even right? say anymore? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Wars. everyone said everything. Yeah. yeah, get the women out of my movies. <laughs> fuck the Star yeah. Wars. Fuck uh, representation. <laughs> we need them well, out. Rose... They get out of okay, my movies. Well... There's a difference because Rose was clearly thrown in there because they wanted an Asian character. And mm-hmm. yeah. she's a t- completely useless character. It, yeah. She could have just been the hacker. Really? They, she could have been the hacker, but I guess they thought that was offensive to make yeah. like, the only Asian character a hacker. <laughs> I, but, I just want to see like actual representation, you know? Like I want to see, yeah. see like Asian American characters. A good character. In like, instead of Tom Cruise in like a Mission Impossible movie, but not Mission Impossible, its own thing, you know. Like it's, I feel like mm-hmm. it's borderline offensive when you're taking pre-existing properties and it's like, but now we've got the black version. It's like, well, what? Can we not have something yeah. successful that's its own original concept? You know, like mm-hmm. women Ghostbusters sort of thing. Like it's not the issue that it's women; it's that you're bringing nothing to it other than gender swap. Or like, oh, different race now. Like, that's the only yeah. sellable factor. And you're expecting the movie to ride on that and that only. And it's very kind of insulting, you know? It's a marketing gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And that's offensive to me. Like, they d- they're doing that with the Oceans movie now. Yeah. Oceans 8. And it's like, oh, we have eight women, so they're going to steal jewelry. It's like, what the oh, fuck? God. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> what's that, so that what's cool about stealing a diamond necklace? It's pandering to the point where I'm surprised more people aren't offended by it. You know, I'm a gay dude. I wouldn't want gay Ghostbusters, you know, <laughs> that pandering yeah. to me and the, expecting that I'll automatically like it because apparently I, I can't relate to people who aren't gay or something, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I didn't relate to these straight characters before, but now, you know? Hollywood, they're a bunch <laughs> of cowards. They never take any risks. Yeah, mm. I want I want the gay furry Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. I just... Uh, Star Wars! Star Wars, yeah, Star, Star Wars. It's uh, brings well, so out is the there going to be an, an insane reaction to Solo? 
Is that that's the no, next question? No, because that's a spinoff. Even if it I sucks, people are be like, "Well, it was a spinoff." I guess it's a character from the original, so. Yeah, I I have no interest in seeing it. I I'm gonna see it because I want to make money off the review I'm gonna make. But <laughs> like, if I didn't have to make that review, I would not see it. And this isn't like yeah, I'm bullshit. not gonna see it. I, I would I would not okay. fucking sit in a theater and watch that. Yeah, I'm not even gonna it see it just so, to make money. Yeah, it looks so boring. Okay. Speaking okay. of uh, <laughs> Donald Glover, surprise topic. What did you think <gasps> of the This Is America music video? If we're done talking about Star Wars. Yeah, it was the... awesome. Yeah, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. It was cool. That's that. I like you know the way that cool. the um the internet was um reacting to it initially. You can't open a social media page without seeing it there. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a lot more from the filmmaking in the music video, and so I watched it, and you know, the choreography is clever, not insanely yeah. impressive, but it has a purpose, which I like you know, hidden meetings, et cetera, et cetera. But I was actually kind of taken aback by how kind of simplistic it was at the same time, which is not necessarily yeah. something that makes it bad. But The song's pretty simplistic too, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think everything kind of fit perfectly in it. Yeah. I had no issues. I just like the memes that have come from it. More than oh, too. racist! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah there were t- articles like, if you're making memes out of this music video, you're racist. And then under that article was a thousand memes. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's like it's a Vice article saying, "For the love of God, don't meme the childish Gambino." This is America music yeah. video. First of all, that's incredibly disingenuous because if you're writing for an online journalistic publisher, you already know that as soon as you say that, people will respond by making memes. So if you don't want that to happen, you are doing the opposite of what you should be doing. You <laughs> you disingenuous prick. It's junk journalism, and they clearly just did that to get more clicks. That's why they did it. Yeah. And what I usually do is ignore it. Yeah. There was a there was an article about how Westworld is the equivalent of manspreading because it's really long and it takes up time you could be spending watching <laughs> girls or something. What? Like that's what? literally what the article's saying. What? And I I wanted to write like a a seven page essay on it, but I'm just like, nah, it's not even worth it. Be exhausting. You gotta ignore yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just to fairly uh, represent the uh, criticisms against the memes, uh, the argument is that it misses the point. And Mm -hmm. I can agree with that, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong for doing it. Because I feel like when you meme something, like you're just taking an image of, you know, Donald Glover, Charles Gambino in his pose, you know, shooting somebody in a chair. That exists independently. Like that, that image exists independently of the music video as soon as it's brought into a new context, right? So you can say like yeah. me, and then like my haters or whatever. That's you're not commenting on the music video itself just because you took an image from it and memed it. Like so many memes that exist have still images from movies where like the memes have literally nothing to do with it. You know, like they're mm-hmm. independent of, of each other. And that, I'd say it's the just meme so is, stupid is to good. try and it keeps it, it in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. It keeps it relevant. It keeps people talking about it and going back to it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like if you want to share the message of the music video, the memes are actually a good thing because people are going to be on the internet being like, oh, what the hell is this thing that everybody's memeing? And then watch the actual source material. Yeah. You know, I probably yeah, exactly. wouldn't have been so quick to watch the music video if there Same. weren't all these memes coming out of it. You know, that brings yeah. people to be more interested in it. And I just I don't understand why people can be so um, elitist and gatekeeping about what what you can meme, you know? 
That's so stupid. Because <laughs> they got clicks. They got clicks. Yeah. Not just the journalists, but like, I mean, like, you look at the actual article and they brought up all these tweets from it, from different people being like, oh man, all these people just suck so much because they're memeing the music video and you're supposed to take this whole thing seriously and never take lighthearted approaches to anything in life that has <laughs> any kind of political message to it that I agree with. Like, okay, fuck off. Yeah. So stupid. Mm-hmm. The fun police. Yes. Yep. Mm. Women are ruining Star Wars. <laughs> Get them out! Get them out of my Star Wars! But see, like that, like a bunch of idiots say that, and then Vice or journalism like that fucking responds to those people, validating them, and then those people respond, and it creates this whole cycle of hatred and stupidity. So that's why I just fucking ignore it, because it's all dumb. I'm yeah, hoping maybe. that the conversation around the memes of the music video gets to the point where in Donald Glover's next interview, someone asks him if he thinks that it should be memed. And my impression is that he would respond, especially because he's a fucking comedian. Come on. He would probably respond with something like, of course people can meme the music video. Are you crazy? (laughs) And I'm just, I'm waiting for that, that interview question to be published. So I can just be like, you fucking idiots. Cause I I totally Uh expect (laughs) that if he were asked asked that, he would probably validate what we're thinking. And maybe I'm wrong. I think you're right. But I don't. I don't cool think. Guy. I don't think Childish Gambino is this like. You cannot meme this serious music video that I made. Like, come mm. on. I don't really expect he would do that. But then they'll write another article like it doesn't belong to him. It belongs to culture, and he doesn't get to oh, decide. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Like Why Donald yeah, Glover is wrong song. about his own music video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah. That'll be the title, right? Oh, I love Dude, those. Just start a journalism <laughs> site and write shit like that. Yeah. Fucking gatekeeping <laughs> galore, man. It's oh my everywhere. God. Jesus Christ. Um, Wake up, sheeple. I'm going <laughs> to... Are we cool with uh, switching topics to the uh, film? Yeah, let's do oh, it. Yeah. And then we can fill up the rest with questions after. Yeah. Okay, Damn well. straight. Damn straight. Okay. So we had a uh, recommendation from last episode. A film that I had, uh, had wanted to see again for a long time because I really enjoy the experience of this film and... I like revisiting it every so often. Hadn't seen it in a while, so I thought, perfect. I know these guys haven't seen it. It is uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu's first feature film called Amores Peros. And uh, this is a spoiler discussion, so if you don't want to be spoiled for this movie, which I think is a really great movie, uh, then uh, watch the movie. And there will be a uh, spoiler discussion next week for a film that will be recommended at the end of this podcast. If you want to skip the discussion, there are timestamps in the comments or description. What do you guys think of this film? Hmm. Well, life is a bitch, that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> I like that messages. the title's a pun. Loves a bitch. <laughs> is, was it, is this like the, the counter bitch. Isle of Dogs movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a- Adam, you heard us talk about how much we love dogs. Yes, so I did. A movie where yeah. dogs get just fucking brutally murdered and killed and like <laughs> fight each other. This movie yeah. was really hard to watch. Yeah, I was, was flinching consistently. So you got yeah. an experience I, out of it. Like I didn't think I, a movie could make me flinch like that, but I really couldn't look at it sometimes. It was mm-hmm. just so horrible. Mm. I felt so but, bad but, for the dogs. What is important to note about that, though, is one of my pet peeves is when dogs are used for like emotional manipulation. But it mm-hmm. doesn't. It, it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. It it, no. it fits into the scenes. You know, it, oh, it's yeah. relevant to the story. It's not manipulative. It's just part of this world that we're shown. The dog's not just like thrown in there like a horror movie or like Terminator Two. You know. 
just yeah. so that you can see well, a dog die. It's, like it's a part of the story. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the point of the movie is that all these people take their emotional baggage and kind of put it on their dog. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so it totally fits. I mean, I said I flinched, but I, I would never criticize the movie for that because mm-hmm. it clearly no, wanted no, no. to do that. And it was very effective. I thought this movie was great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it was brilliant. It was, it's very um, dense is the word I, was, I would use. It's, yeah. it's just so oh, yeah. much going on. You know, it's about so many different elements, be it uh, greed, jealousy, hate love loss death just like every single thing a human ever can experience is mm-hmm. touched upon in this film in some form and you got different age ranges and you got different classes you talk you, there's rich people and there's really poor people and then there's exploration of the middle class it's like yeah it's dense is a good word for it mm-hmm. the film's kind of split into three segments yes. that overlap what are your your guys favorite one if you had to pick one of these three segments that's the thing is that i've seen other movies try this and usually like i think a place beyond the pines where the first segment oh, yeah. is the best one oh then and the, the movie the, just the other two apart. segments yeah i know exactly oh and i was like i this movie better not do that and yet mm-hmm. all three of the stories were equally brilliant mm-hmm. i mean they're yeah. obviously in their totally own way different yeah. in th- their own way but each story was compelling Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. they they didn't totally abandon a story once one ended. You see mm-hmm. snippets of it throughout, yeah. which I also yeah. liked. So it kept mm-hmm. you like the pacing was so perfect. Yeah, I thought it's, it was very very well done. There yeah. like lots of nice little um, editing tricks I noticed with the transitions, like that really nicely flowed them mm-hmm. the different stories together. Like there was the one where I think there was a dog fight, and then it cuts to a funeral in another one. You know, mm. so and oh, just, yeah. it, it leads in beautifully with things like that. There are just loads of those too. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but the more you look at it, the more you find things like that, little details. Yeah. For first feature, it's amazing. It's oh, yeah. Oh, hours yeah. long. <laughs> Could you yeah. imagine this being your first fucking movie? Like he had two shorts oh, my before God. this. This is his first movie. This is his first feature. Very ambitious, film. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it He's is. He's a crazy director. Mm-hmm. I was I was reading about that. Um, yeah. that he was struggling to get like a, a, a kind of form together. No, in editing, like because there's just so much mm. meat on the bone. Oh, like yeah. they were trying to, you know, mold it into something that that worked. And if I remember correctly, I think he, he took it to Guillermo del Toro, who helped out to kind of trim some of it and, oh, really? and advise to get. Because he, I think Guillermo was like originally. This is good, but I think with some trimming, this could be like a masterpiece. So I think that that's kind of where the process came from with that one. Yeah, it really, um, it really does feel like a classic, and yeah. I just, it's so strange that not. I mean, sure, a lot of people have probably seen it, but it's not really that relevant in conversation when people talk about, you know, classic films from like the early two thousands. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, cause... yeah bring this up it's a hard it's a hard movie to watch especially that first part like the movie starts right off the bat with the dog fighting and yeah. it's mm-hmm. really i can imagine i didn't watch this with my family even though i'm at home like mm-hmm. i cannot imagine them sitting through it they would probably shut it off in that first part which is mm-hmm. why i think people have that where it's like oh it's two and a half hours of this this is fucking <laughs> horrifying <laughs> i can't watch this <laughs> it's, it's not like torture porn though it's no 
it's very realistic. It's not it's not played for shock horror. Um, yeah, it, more it's so very than tasteful. like this this happens. Like th- this shit happens in the world. Like, and it, and it seems quite genuine in the way that it's it's shown to us. So. Mm-hmm. I was reminded of a uh, a website called does does the dog die dot com, and this uh, <laughs> this movie's on it, and it it's, uh, it says yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, that it does really affect people emotionally in some in in a lot of ways. You see these recurring threads over and over again on on Reddit of you know people saying that they only care when a dog dies and they don't give a shit when a human dies. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that this movie was like intentionally trying to manipulate people in that way, but it does provide kind of a very um, borderline depressing experience in some ways. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'd it, say so. There's so much emotional weight to every single one of these stories mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. they would still be emotional without the dogs, but they're incredibly emotional with the weight of the dogs being in the film. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's yeah. this strange psychological... Um, effect that that uh is placed on human beings because dogs over time have just been bred to be cute <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that and we're not as conditioned to violence against dogs in movies mm. in movies like every yeah, I, I think every movie has one guy getting shot at yeah. this point mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're just like yeah whatever but a dog never dude yeah that, that that scene towards the end with the old guy where he like adopts the the fighter dog unknowingly and then he yeah. comes home. That, that that was the one that got me. Uh-huh. Um, that, and he's like going through every dog. Like, are you alive? And their tongue is hanging out. I'm like, oh, oh it's just God. horrible. And yet, yeah. when he holds the gun to that one dog who did it, you're like, don't shoot the dog. You didn't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but you can like yeah. you can feel the emotion from him. Like mm-hmm. how much all yeah. these other dogs meant to him. That in his fit of rage, that he might do something like that. I do actually have a favorite segment, and it would be the homeless hitman segment. So. I really enjoyed yeah. that one so much. It, it, it's a great segment to end the film on for me. Yeah. Yeah. Everything kind of like crescendos in a way in the soundtrack, especially. I like mm-hmm. the um, like that guitar theme. Like, uh, I'm not going to try to recreate it right now, but as the the homeless man, homeless hitman, is walking towards the camera on the street with his like cart and all the fucking dogs around him, and you hear mm-hmm. the same theme again, but now it has like a really cool beat to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the that's like one of my excellent. favorite shots of the movie just because of like how everything flows emotionally, especially with the music. Did you know that the composer for this film is the same guy that did the soundtrack for The Last of Us? I was just and, about um, to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I was going to say it sounds just like The Last of Us. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's I was so thinking similar. It, I, yeah, Great I thought composer. the like palette was very Absolutely. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I went wow. and researched it. He's worked with Inyari too in on most of his films, I think. Um, mm-hmm. recently Birdman and The Revenant I think were different composers though yeah well he didn't fit those movies I yeah, it doesn't yeah. Fit yeah he did yeah. a great very job. different styles in between this movie and Birdman none of the films in between are as good as either of these but they're still really good films like they'll probably be showing up on on my list even though I just haven't seen them in a while I would like to revisit them a lot of them are really fucking depressing like if you're yeah. the more familiar with this director you are, you'll you'll realize that he just makes depressing <laughs> as shit films, except Birdman, <laughs> which is like yeah. the, literally the least depressing movie he's ever made, and it's still kind of depressing. It is like the closest it's got, it's to it's got a, a shiny veneer, yeah. a shiny Hollywood veneer to it. Yeah, 
It's like ironically yeah. depressing. But it's yeah. part of the what is it called the Death Trilogy or something? I was reading. Some, yeah, whatever. I, I forget what he called the trilogy, but yeah, yeah something like that. It's uh, whatever how he decided to do. Where basically <laughs> this movie and Thirteen Grams and Babel are all just they all uh-huh. have their own themes. Um, like Babel yeah. is themed on like miscommunication, but they all have the three storyline structure of characters that are mm-hmm. connected and just depressing things happen to them is basically the <sighs> gist the gist of of those movies. Gather the family around everybody. We're gonna watch the Death Trilogy. Oh man. <laughs> R- R- Ralph, Grab if you had to pick, what would your what would your favorite be out of the, the three? Segment, just... I I gotta go with the first one. Maybe. Okay. Uh, mine would be the first two. I, I was just curious to see because um I think the the weaker one is the second one. Um, yeah, purely because but, of the one thing that I don't know if you guys can explain sure. to me is it the the dog under the floorboards? Um, yeah. uh-huh. Like how long was it under there? I just fi- I, I found it a little a strange days. how they yeah, how like they weren't three days. like doing more to get it or something. I don't I, know. There's just something about that that was kind of strange to me. Like they just because went the to husband sleep. didn't give a fuck, which yeah. I thought that that segment was totally needed because it was much lighter. It's, I mean, it's still depressing, but it's much more uh, has a lighter tone than the other two because the husband just doesn't give a fuck about this dog, <laughs> and, well, and they hear it at night crawling around the floorboards. And dogs do stupid things like that too, so I totally bought it. Yeah, there. I mean, there there are some unrealistic elements to this film, and there are some like cheesily presented elements to this film. It's not like a perfected. You know, it's not it's not as meticulous as his later films. I, that that just stood out to me because everything else seemed. It just seems so realistic. Oh, of course. And, and something like that happening kind of pulled me out just a bit. I agree with you there. That's probably the weakest segment for me as well. But in a way, I found it to be kind of more of like a um, symbolic set piece rather than mm-hmm. necessarily um, what was actually happening literally. It, it almost felt as though the tone of the second segment took on kind of a... Um, like supernatural approach in a in a sense, almost weird suspense kind of horror-y vibe to it, and there was like a phone jump scare, and like it's yeah. it's it's its own tone separate from the other two segments, which is very strange, but it still works well on its own, even though it is a, a little weaker. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting it wasn't as uh, story. The shooting style, yeah, it was definitely much more steady, and you know, a lot more wide yeah. shots in that segment. But yeah, it's more like I mean, like the the dog and the situation is almost a way to bring out the troubles in the characters' relationship that mm-hmm. are experiencing this. You know, it's a way mm-hmm. to kind of emphasize the underlying issues that they have towards each other in a way. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I never the movie definitely has realistic elements in it, but. Mm-hmm. There are things like that where I'm like, where are the police? Are there police in this fucking world? It's Mexico. Yeah, I think Mexico <laughs> has some police officers in it. I think if there's a giant car crash in the intersection or if someone gets shot, fucking police will show up. Mm, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those are little things I was like, fine. What do you guys okay, think the, 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 the mirror thing is all about? Mirror, you notice what that? What? The, the lots of mirrors. <laughs> like there are loads of shots oh, of mirrors okay. in the movie. Um, did you not notice? I, I just um, kept noticing it. Yeah, was that really cool well, one in the bathroom where the where it's shot with there's a reflection yeah, right. in the mirror? Yeah, you're um, right. There are spins a few of those over. Scenes. 
If you watch yeah, it again, right. look out for mirrors. Like yeah, it's just sure. this c- continuous theme. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's in it a bunch. Yeah. I just wasn't thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, just probably just looking away because all the dogs getting killed. There's definitely like <laughs> a lot of different themes taking place at once in this film. It is a really loaded, packed movie. Um, That's the yeah. thing. How how many times have you seen it, Adam? That's a good question. Probably this is my fourth or fifth. Is is it one of those films where you discover more every time, or like notice things you didn't well, notice I mean, before? Yeah, not not in a way that like fits in a perfect puzzle, though. Not not in yeah, yeah, a yeah. kind of like synecdoche New Yorker, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely more to pick up on on the film with each watch. I, however, the majority of times that I watched it, I was fairly young, and so it's been a while. And so this yeah. this recent watching was kind of like a new experience and a lot of what i wound up noticing on this watch were, were some of the elements that i did find kind of like eh, kind of cheesy that i were, didn't really bother me as much mm-hmm. before and then also like the thematic elements that i just didn't really give much uh attention to when i was younger like one of my favorite lines from this watch was um when the girl says my aunt says to make god laugh tell him your plans and yeah. I think that that yeah, yeah. is kind yeah, of just like a nice one. line to fit with what happens to the characters in this mm-hmm. film, you know, as kind of a, a theme for the characters. And there's d- several different themes going on at once in this film. Mm-hmm. I liked how the non-linearity of it all wasn't mm-hmm. over-explained. You know, it's, it's yeah. easy for to shove text all yeah. over the screen and over-explain everything and treat the audience like idiots, mm-hmm. but... It does trust you to be able to follow what's going on and, yeah. and link everything together and notice when when something's in the past or the future or present and yeah. and whatnot. I appreciate that that element of it. The most important ones are like before the car crash, after the car crash, everything else you can pretty. I mean, like it makes sense as long as you yeah. have that. And then in that scene, they're all present within that scene. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it so wasn't it showy sense. or distracting. Yeah. Like, oh, look how artsy I am. I, oh, I yeah. saw Tarantino Look movie. at how purposeful <laughs> this is. It yeah. Didn't try to it all that, fit. Really it cool. fit the story so well. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I, I really yeah. I All, really all the acting it. was terrific, too. I don't think we mentioned yeah, that. But every oh, yeah. performance is there's, fucking great. There's a lot of details yeah. in this movie in terms of how it's presented. Yeah. Like, they have the, you know, the, the representation of the kind of, like, lower middle class. Uh, I don't know if I would call them middle class, but, you know, like the gang yeah. sort of like lower class and then you have the higher class society and it's like, okay, well, yeah, this is being represented in a way where, you know, I can believe that these are kind of elite celebrity people. And then mm-hmm. the homeless yeah. man and you look at like you can see certain shots of, of like his hands where you can tell how long his fingernails are and how much dirt is yeah. underneath them where it's that just like you, you barely see movies where you'll have an actor like grow out their nails and like mm-hmm. get them all grimy and, and dirty and then show it like <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's very nice important details that they're like okay this is exactly how someone who's basically homeless would look and they captured yeah. it you know when it makes his change at the end more meaningful because like, oh yeah there's so many films where like they cast a big actor in a role and they're Something happens to them and they're supposed to look disheveled, but they're still, at the end of the day, they're yeah. still like Ryan Gosling or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't stop looking like Ryan Gosling. Give that him a guy, little stubble. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Give him a that tattoo. Guy looks like homeless. He looked homeless. Yeah. He oh, looked, yeah. 
awful. It it looks uh -huh. like he couldn't play any other character, and then you see his transformation. And you're like, oh wow, mm -hmm. this, this yeah. looks like, looks a, like a different person. Yeah, a completely different person. Felt a lot more purposeful without it being really forced. Effective yeah. filmmaking. Yes. It was interesting to see, because uh, I've only seen Birdman and Revenant before this. Mm -hmm. It was interesting mm -hmm. to see a movie from this guy that's like the exact opposite as the style in those movies, where everything's yeah. very steady and the shots are very mm -hmm. long, and this is everything's very quick cut, mm -hmm. lots of handheld, lots of jumping around from here to here to here. I thought all that yeah. was, it was different. It was cool to see how far this guy has grown. Yeah. Since. Yeah. This movie was a lot less subtle in terms of the plot and understanding it. I mean, sure, there's a lot of details as well, but this is probably one of the most accessible films he's made in terms of the plot, I guess. Not yeah. necessarily yeah. watching a bunch of dogs die. I guess that's a little inaccessible for people, but in terms <laughs> of like following a story, this one's just like it's so clear and just easy mm -hmm. to tell what's going on, but it still you know, doesn't feel dumb. The complexity yeah. comes from the characters more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Yeah. The characters were really interesting in this film. All of them, yeah. Is there anything you guys are not the, the hottest on? Um, there's um, only one minor thing I, I kind of noticed, which might be different if I watch it again. But um, I found the the sound design of, of, of the section where the the lady's driving in the car right before she crashes to be really... It was really strange. Like, it was oh, really yeah? bare. Do tell. Um, she was supposed to be driving in the car and they keep cutting from inside the car where she's playing something out the radio and mm. then outside the car. I was, li I was watching it with headphones on and mm. I, was, I was just, it was, it was very strange because there was no background like audio around. She was oh, driving weird. on the road. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that would yeah, I'd be I okay with that. Second time I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that because I thought it was my TV. Everything, the sound design just felt, it felt kind of empty. Oh yeah. yeah. The lack of pop to it. Like yeah. you just needed more bass or something. Like mm. something was off. Just a few like more this, layers or something yeah, of audio just, in there. It made everything feel kind of cheap to me. Yeah, like I just, don't know if that was a not, not the whole thing movie, or, but yeah. Like I would have loved to hear some ambient, just the sounds of the city, even if they're inside, just to add to the environment some more. I want to know yeah. what the budget of this you know. film was. I want to know if yeah, it's it was only a couple well. million, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, he, like, I, I looked uh, at it earlier. Like how much post did it have? Yeah, two million USD. Apparently. Yeah, two million. Wow. Like, for that stuff, all you have to do is just leave a microphone on in the location you're filming on for, like, a little bit. <laughs> so I don't understand why they didn't do that. Well, that's why I was wondering if it was actually an intentional thing um, that I, like, missed or something. Um, if it is an intentional thing, I don't... I don't yeah, I don't get it either. Decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a first feature, you're less likely to have every detail down. And so yeah. I don't, I don't know how much of this he was actually overseeing himself or how much was just outsourced, you know, like the sound design to, mm -hmm. to another company or individual. So he's definitely improved over the years. That's for sure. Like the sound design Absolutely. in Revenant and uh, Birdman much improved, yeah. except in the Revenant. There's that weird part where like the voice is out of sync for some reason. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always gonna be stuff like that. I forgave it, but it was yeah. a thing I noticed and I'm glad I'm not mm -hmm. the only one who, noticed how empty the sound felt the only issues i really have with it is just you know the first watch it's like it's so easy to get sucked into and it still holds up mm -hmm. on multiple watches for sure like i'm enjoying it every time but yeah. on my most recent watch i did feel like some parts were a little like cheesy you know like it's like, eh, I, I can see things, that, yeah. things that i would be like 
and yeah. like really for for any other movie but it's still There's some corny to me, dialogue yeah yeah but the benefits of this movie outweigh the flaws by a lot and yeah you know, definitely considering you know it's it feels like a classic film from the year 2000 mm-hmm. and it's on the imdb top 250 so apparently other people agree really? although All right. that list Good. is not exactly the most credible thing anymore in- well, Avengers Infinity War is on there. Let's oh. see. What is it? Number Black one Panthers, now? Number two. <laughs> Get Out's know. number one. Good yeah, job. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Avengers Infinity War, number 15 best movie of all time. <laughs> I'm not even really? kidding. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, well, they need to like have a better um, War, but... They need to have a better system so that like new movies that a lot of people are voting on don't just get artificially inflated. You know? Yeah. Well, Love on a Leash has a ten out of ten, so it should be in the top two fifty. But... <laughs> no, you need a certain amount of ratings. Well, it has four thousand ratings. Is yeah, that I think enough? you need more. I think like you have 20, to get over hundred k, don't you? Come on, dude! Like four thousand ratings, ten out of ten. I'd, I'd put that in the top two fifty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I still Whatever. need to see it. Yeah, I lo- you should. I would love to watch that movie. Um, Another great dog movie. It's very oh, similar yeah. to this. Yeah, I think it has a lot of similar <laughs> themes, actually. Yeah, mm. a lot of love and dogs, and that's about it. Yeah, amazing <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, are you guys gonna check out uh, more Inyaritu films? I guess. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, to, yeah. I hope to do yeah, that for sure. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on his uh, films in between this and Birdman because. A lot of them are really divisive in ways like it's the Brad Pitt one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I really I really I still love that film from memory. Like I haven't watched it in a while. Also. Yeah. There are parts to his films that like I guess seeing a lot of them in succession, they start to feel like overdramatic in a sense. Where where it almost just feels like like the priorities of the film are are the conflict in a sense. But yeah. Anyway, I'll have to see it again. But yeah, there's a lot that. of cool themes that I love in in Babel for sure. And uh, Beautiful is a awesome, depressing as shit movie. And <laughs> anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. highly highly recommend at least checking them out just to see what they're like for yourself. That's cinema though, being yeah. dramatic. That's drama. Yeah, so I don't yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. I think this is a great movie. Uh, five out of five, I think. If Whoop. we're gonna do ratings at this point, great movie. What about Beautiful. you, Alex? Either four and a half or five, yeah. Um, all my complaints are, are basically nitpicks or yeah. mm-hmm. just small Same little here. things. The overall picture is is extremely solid. Um, yeah. It's definitely not for everyone, especially for people who love dogs. But it you know, there, there's that type of person dogs. who like who can't deal with it with, with the dog thing. Um, mm. So warning to those of you <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen the film and you're still new convincing. Don't watch this movie with the dog in the room. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of like. Like dogs making sounds, dog, and my yeah, dog kept looking. Like, what's going on? Yeah, wow. I didn't think my lap while I was watching it. Oh no! Aww. Well, we, I'm sorry for traumatizing your dogs. It's okay. I apologize. You forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I would give this. Uh, I I give this a ten. It's either that or a nine point five, but I don't think IMDb lets me do that. So I mean, round it up to yeah, a ten. It's not a. It's not like a completely flawless movie. There, it is a little cheesy, as I said. But uh, what it achieves and, like, the emotions that it brings out, it's a very unique, very watchable, very entertaining film and very well-paced for, like, what, two and a half hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't Never feel boring. at all. Never boring. Yeah. Is this your favorite movie from him? 
I think I think after watching it this most recent time, I would have to. I know I said it it was better than Birdman. I think I they're tied right now. They're both they okay. both excel at at different things. They're both great in their own so way, yeah. and they're almost you know they're almost difficult to compare because they're just so incredibly different yeah, in terms so different. of what yeah. their tone, what their style, and what their goals are. Like insanely different movies. You can barely tell it's yeah. the same director, honestly. I was you about can't. To say the same, I mean, yeah. like you wouldn't even know if it wasn't on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good that's a good sign of growth. Yeah, it's insane. Hear that Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm I'm yeah. excited to see what he comes up with because like it seems as though he's like in his prime right now for like Revenant and Birdman. Those are like two very impressive films, at least from like a presentation direct yeah. directorial yeah. standpoint uh, that he's made mm-hmm. in a row, two years in a row. He also made a. I don't know if you're aware of this. He made a um, a virtual reality short film that really? like screened wow. at Cannes one year, and I don't know if that's ever going to be released in a way that that I could see it. But I really fucking want to. Yeah, 2017. It's called Carn e Arena, and my accent is terrible. But holy shit! Like, just if anybody could make a cool short VR film, it's like seven minutes long. It would be him. I would love to see that. Yeah, they had a a complete VR installation at Cannes last year. That's cool. That would have been fucking cool to see. Anyway, awesome movie. Uh, I guess we're moving on to questions. Let's pull them up. Oh, I got logged out of Twitter for some reason. Oh, well, I got some here. Where did these questions come from? Our Reddit page. Oh. R slash Sardonicast. If you want to ask questions, go to Sardonicast Reddit, and we'll look at them. Some of them. I'm happy about how enthusiastic you are. I'm so fucking pumped. Gosh, right. where did all this excitement come from? I don't know. These questions must be pretty damn good. Did you yeah, snort that's how some good they are. cocaine? <laughs> yeah! Whoa! Alright. All right. <laughs> Great impression. Shall I pull, pull one out? Shall I pull one <laughs> out of the hat? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We got one here from Mediocre Cartoonist who asks, What is, in your opinion, the best action scene ever? Hmm. Go ahead. So there's there's three action scenes in the film Children of Men, mm. and oh, all yeah. three of them are fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and each one is like almost as good as the last. Like yeah. sometimes they're better. Uh, the first action scene with there's a it's all one take in a car, and they're being chased. That one's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And when you look at the behind the scenes of how they did it, it's like they rigged the whole car to the seats to go down when the camera goes over it. Oh, that's awesome. It's really So much impressive. coordination in that film. Yeah. Amazing And then there's the, this giant rig on top of the car. It's so cool. And then you got the last action scene, which is uh, one take as Clive Owen's running through the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And there's like a tank fucking yeah. shooting buildings. And oh, you're like, yeah. oh my God, how did you coordinate all this? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to go with those. And Mad Max Fury Road, the entire movie is uh, the second <laughs> best yeah. action scene. All right, Alex, is, the, is just saying the raid like a, a cheat? Like no, the raid two. <laughs> raid has some awesome um, ones. Say it. The boy. raid two, I think, especially. Um, yeah. I also no like the corridor fight in Old Boy. Um, oh fuck! Yeah. That was my answer. Why did you pick two? Oh really? <laughs> oh well. Uh, I have one more too. Oh, um, there's a bunch we can go through. Uh, I like the Helm's Deep battle, um, if that counts as like an action set oh, yeah. piece, mm-hmm. just for the, the insane scale of it. Um, I think that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. That scene in Old Boy is very incredibly impactful to me because 
first of all, just what the film sets up beforehand and like the desperation in the character at that point. And then second, just I love how far back the camera is in a perspective that you can never get from like actually filming in a hallway. Like you have to kind of yeah. create a set for it. But it still seems realistic because mm-hmm. of just how we imagine it above and below area are just kind of like blacked out. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, all of the choreography that went into it is just it, it's one of few fight scenes where it's like, OK, this is believable because every other location that you get for a fight scene, it's like, OK, well, there's so many opportunities where all these henchmen can can come at this guy at once from like four different angles but in a hallway it's more believable because there's only two angles to work with and you see the henchmen or whatever you want to call them like all these guys that he's fighting the ones that aren't attacking yet you can see this like confused and almost like paralyzed fear on their face where it's like okay like that guy's fucking (laughs) idiot right but but Mm -hmm. it's not in a way where it seems just like incredibly convenient and there are parts where like they all attack him at once you know, and they're like yeah. kicking him on the ground and it seems like he's fucking done, but he gets out of it. And it's all like it's one of the most realistic fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it's just so yeah. cool. And it's a great movie, too. I would recommend that to anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah, it Make sure you see the original from 2003. Not that <laughs> shitty Spike Lee 2013 <laughs> remake it? where they did not give any kind of a shit about any of the stuff we're talking about that makes the movie special. Don't hilarious. watch that one. But, but they, but they imitated the uh, the hallway fight scene. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of. It's so bad. <laughs> and then he's like fighting in front of a fence. Yeah, it's like, why yeah. is there this fence in front of it? Yeah. Oh, man. And it's like, it's, none of it is done well. I hate that movie so fucking much. <laughs> I love how clumsy the, that fight scene in Old Boy is, where it's just like people are getting hit and they're like on the floor and they're constantly missing each other. And yeah. of course, Spike Lee goes against that. Yeah, um, I hate. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Spike Lee's version, he's he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Just for that movie? I like Spike Lee a lot. Like, I love him. But, yeah, that's not that's not one of his best movies. Do you love um, Mir- Miracle on the St. Anna or whatever that one was called? <laughs> I haven't seen it. It was bad. Okay. Alert, it was bad. I, uh, I, uh, I love action scenes that are clumsy like that, which is also why I love that Children of Men Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's good to mention also Saving Private Ryan, which is basically I think mm-hmm. that oh, movie yeah. innovated action scenes and set oh, yeah. like a whole new precedent. That yeah. opening Omaha battle is incredible, and that town fight at the end is incredible. And each mm-hmm. scene's like twenty minutes long, and there's no music, and it's just horrifying to watch. Mm-hmm. So, bless that way. movie as well. I'll have yeah. to throw in uh, a variety of scenes from Kill Bill. I love Kill Bill. Yeah, like yeah. those are. Those are super fun, crazy 88 scene and like just how that transitions like action into action into action. Like the crazy 88s are done and then she fights the fucking crazy um, ball and chain girl. I forget her name before Oren Ishii, you know, like there's so much in that fucking movie. Even the fight scene between uh, Uma Thurman and Vivica A. Fox is just awesome. And it's a short one at the beginning of the movie. Like some of the best fight scenes are in Kill Bill. I love that movie. For a yeah, variety of a reasons. Great campy action. I love movies that have, like, there's this big build-up to this giant action set piece rather than having mm-hmm. a few little ones. Kill Bill has that little one at the beginning, but the rest of the movie is just a build-up to this epic fucking scene what about the, um, <laughs> that's at the end. The, like, prison transfer in uh, The Dark Knight. Oh, that's a great one, too. I was thinking yeah. about that. Some of the editing's a little weird, but it doesn't really bother me because the sound design is so good. Yeah. Another one I can shout out is the the intro, Casino Royale. 
um, with the parkour, mm. all over the cranes and stuff. Yeah, that's a fucking good one. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim oh, yeah. has some great campy fight scenes. I yeah. love them. Well, each of them are so you know unique. Hot Fuzz has some fun ones too. Speaking yeah, of that, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, another one I should probably shout out the um, the basketball scene from Catwoman two thousand. Uh, <laughs> that one, or the, that uh, one was one of the best filmed action scenes I've ever seen. How about the um, fight scene between Electra Nachios and Daredevil at the, <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the playground, fighting a blind man <laughs> and Daredevil? <laughs> yeah, because so he, he's oh trying God. to get laid. Yeah, and they're balancing on the seesaws. Yeah. Oh, that's and such a great movie. She still <laughs> believes that he's completely blind after that, even though they're uh-huh. like fighting in this fucking place. <laughs> oh, what a good movie! Such a good movie. He's such a uh-huh. he's such a creep. He's basically lying about his disability. He can see uh-huh. with with like echolocation anyway. Yeah. Basically, he can see people oh, smoke. Um, I don't know if animated movies count. But these, uh, yeah, the, the fight scenes in The Incredibles are pretty fucking yeah. cool too. I mean, I know it's animated, so it's not as cool, but just that's pretty know. cool. Yeah, like well those. choreographed. They're well right. choreographed and animated. All right, I think that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's late. We, we, we listed quite a few. Alex, you got those questions? Yeah, I still can't. Look. Oh, I have here one here from uh, the Movie Bagel, who asks, mm-hmm. "Have you ever had a strong reaction from watching a movie? Some examples would be a movie making you feel sick, or a movie making you feel." really anxious or stressed um i have quite a good one to start us off um i think someone actually replied to this question in the reddit with the same answer but mine would be nocturnal animals that movie mm. um i really adore that movie but it made me oh, yeah. feel quite ill for a couple of days that's cool um, after that one oh. yeah yeah that was a great movie which made it that much more effective to me uh, yeah. yeah i got to see that at tiff one of my favorites now nocturnal animals um, Morris Peros did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, that is a good um, answer for that. Aside from that, I'd say Contagion by Steven Soderbergh. Interesting. Uh, the oh, movie's yeah. about a uh, virus breaks out and kills a lot of people, and that's all the movie's about. And it's just like a realistic depiction of what would happen, and I just find that scenario so terrifying. Of just like mm-hmm. this one virus can just fucking kill half the population I... in the world. I fucking swear they strategically timed the release of that movie with like when people would be the most likely to be catching colds. Cause like it seemed yeah. around that movie, everybody had a fucking cold. So like people would be coughing <laughs> in the theater or some shit. Like, you know, they show that yeah. scene of, you know, just the guy going like <coughs> on the bus. It's like uh-huh. any other scenario would be the most innocent thing in the world. Everybody was fucking paranoid when that movie came out. It was kind of funny yeah. oh to see what God. it did to people. He did he did such a good job. Like he would show close-ups of people touching things like mm-hmm. there's no avoiding these fucking germs like, yeah it's... once something like this starts it's basically like the more of the story is you're fucked yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a very <laughs> paranoia inducing film that's for sure yeah um and that's it and then so. in terms of other like reactions i guess like antichrist would be one for me like especially a scene at the beginning okay. just, like it's a very unique film that kind of made me feel like you know almost ill in a sense and then Dear yeah. Zachary is just like a fucking punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, the most unique films will have the most unique feelings. So, yeah, there's tons yeah, of movies of that it. get emotional reactions out of me, even though to many people it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> After Earth is a great one. I, uh, <laughs> well, if you're going to go through bad movies, there's a lot of great bad movies that evoke mm. strong reactions out of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last airbender yeah that that's yeah. a pretty strong reaction i cried <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Is uh, sleeping a strong reaction? Because all the DC movies, they they <laughs> made me fall asleep. Yeah, I think that counts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Did I did I ever tell you that I fell asleep in the film titled Awake? <laughs> like, uh, and I realized uh, how funny it was when I woke up. No, it wasn't intentional. It was just so boring. It had Jessica Alba and then uh, Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. And I legitimately fell asleep in that movie and I woke up and I started laughing. Isn't she in a coma or someone's in a coma? In that yeah. Movie? And they could it, hear everything? It's supposed. It's a horror-ish oh, kind of movie and it's like, oh, she has locked-in syndrome and the anesthetics aren't working. But then it takes it so much further than just being a simple concept and there's this whole dumb fucking like, oh, but secretly it's all part of a conspiracy thing in it. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. It was really boring. I bet it sounds fucking boring. Yeah. Um, are we done with that one? Yeah, I we guess got one so. One more question here. All right, this one's from Hanky Chan. My boy. Fa- Your boy? You know Hanky yeah. Chan? Hanky Chan is right. a poster on my subreddit, and I think a patron of mine also. And um, the the username comes from uh, my favorite director, Michelle Haneke, and I have called him Hanky Chan before for some reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you have been noticed by the gods, Hanky Chan. Yes. Um. So he just asked, "What's your favorite video game?" Simple. Hmm. We've never said our favorite video game. Uh, anyway. Halo Combat Evolved. Hmm. Interesting. Really? Okay. Yeah. Favorite of all time. Awesome I, pick. It's, it's something Who that I could always go back to. Halo One specifically. Um, like two and three have their own fun elements, I guess, and then you know four is eh, and then five is just not even playable. But um, <laughs> Halo One is like my go-to experience. I was playing it today, actually. Yeah. It's my any any time any feeling kind of game. I, I'll always go back to it. I'll always want to do like the original multiplayer and co-op and Halo um, the anniversary collection yeah. or not the collection the anniversary edition uh, on the 360. I think that's the only like full game that I've ever gotten 100 percent achievements on. Really? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to do that on the uh, Master Chief collection right now. Yeah, I've been trying for a while, and it's very tedious, especially because of how broken the game is and how achievements yeah. don't work sometimes. But yeah. I love the original Halo to death. Soundtrack, amazing. Story, awesome. Like, everything about it. The playability, the weapons, like, everything just flows so fucking well. So much fun jumping around, and yeah, I just, I have a blast playing that game. That's cool. I also love nice. Halo, but it's not my pick for now. Um, I'm going to pick... Um, Inside is my favorite. That's a good one. You guys played that? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. I like it's I like okay. it a lot. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. I replayed it recently. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's a really fun one. Really cool one. Yeah. I like really, really um fun. I like kind of like small team developer games like that that can bring a lot to the table. Yeah, I just found it really refreshing. And you considered it a lot better than Limbo? You played Limbo yeah, as well? I do. I, I yeah. way prefer it over Limbo. It's recent, though. You'd still consider it your favorite game, even though you recently... Um, one I've played recently, I guess. Like, for Adam's me, like, already a took great Halo, game... so... Oh, okay. Well, like, a great game for me is one you play, like, just your whole fucking life, and you always go back to it. Eh, I don't know. Like, my, my, my second favorite game is The Witness, and that's a fairly recent game. And, you know, I don't need to play it a million times for it to to, yeah, to, to understand that the experience I got on my first playthrough is one of the most meaningful experiences I've ever had playing a game. You know, There's also a lot of content in The Witness, too. Like, Inside is, I think, 
two or three hours long, right? Yeah, you can Something do it in like, like two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's your right to think that, but for me, it's my, my right. Would be it's your right. GTA Four. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I guess GTA Five since it's just GTA Four but an update. Mm-hmm. I played mm. that game so much, and all you do is just fucking. Any like the story is fine and all that, but I was just like going around the city exploring. And shooting people and fucking around with friends. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. I've had so much fun. I could get into GTA Five much easier than I could GTA Four. Yeah, GTA Four is definitely clunkier, mm-hmm. but I I like the clumsiness of the controls in that. It's just I, <laughs> to me that makes it more fun that you're just chasing after someone, you'll get fucking hit by a car or or you'll miss your punch mm-hmm. or something. It just makes it that much more intense. Five is definitely smoother, but yeah, I love Five too. And there's a VR mod for five. Which How do you guys feel on. about Red Dead? Oh, I love. Oh Red man, Dead yeah, that's a great game. And that that was one of my picks sequel. too. Yeah. yeah, that that would be third for me. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's just <laughs> I do whatever I want in a Western setting. Yeah, yeah. that's one so. of the. That, I think that was the first kind of um, open world like Rockstarish style game where I actually continued with the story and did what I was supposed to do instead of just dicking around and getting bored and. Shutting it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually cared about my reputation in that. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to be a good person. I liked, <laughs> I liked the progression of the game overall. It, it was a nice kind of story, even though it wasn't, like, overly complicated or anything. On my first playthrough of the game, I um, as soon as I got to, like, the town kind of area where, like, the buildings are a little newer, I went to the bar <clears throat> and I pushed people up the stairs because if you, like, run <laughs> into them, you can kind of, like push them in a certain direction and then i learned how to push them out of the window at the top of the bar and they die Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't (laughs) register in the game that i killed them so there would be nobody after me and so i spent like hours doing this and i pushed like the entire (laughs) bar out of the window until there was just this pile of bodies and and so much blood on on the floor in the entrance (laughs) of this bar and it was so fucking crazy because i learned about this detail that they put in the game where if people walk over uh, blood on the ground, they leave bloody footprints. And so I go yeah. back into the bar, and there's bloody footprints all over the fucking bar of people just casually walking around having drinks and all these dead bodies in front of it. It looked like something out of like The Shining. <laughs> it was so crazy. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Oh, did you ever I love just fucking like, around? <laughs> you tie people up and put like ten of them on a railway track? Oh, no, I didn't do that. to come. <laughs> I love doing that oh, shit. Man. It's a great game. I cannot wait for it's the sequel. It's so good. I'm so excited, yeah, me actually. Too. The, Rockstar always does a great job. I, I yeah. love Max Payne 3 as well. Except L.A. Noir, they're... but I think that was a side studio or something. Yeah, that was um, Team Bandai, I think, made that. Mm. And L.A. Noir is fun in a different way. <laughs> I, could, I could only play the VR version. I got very disappointed yeah. with the actual version when it came out. Because when it was oh, coming out, so I was like, boring. I was hoping for like Red Dead. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I rented the game, and I like smoked the big bowl because I was like fifteen or something, <laughs> like seventeen. Yeah. I don't know, but I was like ready to get invested. I was taking it super seriously, and like as I was playing the game, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. What a what a <laughs> waste! Of, what a waste of of technology they use that that uh, like facial capture shit, where it's like mm-hmm. the whole marketing behind the game was like. Oh, you can see every detail in the actor's performance. You can see every little little flinch of of their eyes, and and you, the, the key part of the game is to be able to tell whether or not they're lying. But then all the acting sucked. 
<laughs> all, they all overact. The they overreact yes. to everything. I'm telling the truth right now. Wink, wink. Yeah, and then it looks like they sat on a cactus or yeah. something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're I, clearly lying. <laughs> then they they changed this uh, for the VR version, I guess, because it was so fucking stupid. But they had the, mm -hmm. the this um, when you were interrogating people, it was like truth, lie, or doubt. But they never, mm -hmm. at any point, really ironed out the difference between lie and doubt to a point where I was just like, yeah. I used it in one context. I was like, doubt. And then it was like, no, it was the wrong one. And I'm like, okay. And so then later in the game, there was like an identical scenario. I'm like, okay, so this time it has to be lie, right? And it's like, no, it's doubt. And they just seemed interchangeable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they got that out of the VR version. I replayed it recently, the whole thing, with like friends of mine. And we just fucked up everything. We got one star. Mm -hmm. We ran over people constantly. We did tons <laughs> of damage. And we still, like, nothing happened. There were no consequences for any of it. Wow. I don't think we got a single question right the entire playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and a very good like, game. No, it isn't. But the VR uh, one's really funny. Yeah. They're, they're, it's just all pretty dick funny. Around. Just how, what's, what's the fun of being a cop? You know, it's like GTA if you, if you couldn't kill people. That's what Ellie Noir is. It's boring. <laughs> I want to hit people. <laughs> all right anyway. do we have uh one more question to wrap it up one more <laughs> i don't know I, if, we, if you have one we, we more then we can do three. one more yeah i i get loads yeah. of them so okay, i'll just go, go until we're one done more. one more um i noticed we got a lot of questions about a certain idea or concept that concept being the idea of the of objectivity um mm -hmm. Let me just choose one of them because there were like three or four people that all asked basically the same thing. I would pick okay. this one from Darth Little, mm -hmm. who says, Is there any objective, i.e. can a film be objectively good slash bad, value to film, or is it all inherently subjective? People respond to different aspects of filmmaking differently and see meaning and purpose in different choices made by the filmmakers that others don't. So I believe it is entirely subjective. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that in the same way that I agree with by technicality, everything ever is subjective because the only lens in which we can view the world is through our own subjective experience. Mm -hmm. But I will I, I will use, I, I guess, kind of a an analogy in a sense that there is no such thing as being truly unbiased. Like, everyone mm -hmm. has a bias no matter what, in the same way that everything is subjective. But you can still be less biased. You can still be less subjective. You know, there are, there are certain elements where you can say, like, are pushing more towards objective, even though they could never, ever achieve true ob objectivity. But you could say that there are more objective-ish elements than subjective-ish elements, as long as, I guess, most people ag agree to that in some sort of sense. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I completely with like in the same like music is an art form, but music theory is is math, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the same was... sense, I think there are some measurable like qualities, like mm -hmm. in in Suicide Squad, there's a part where the text is like black on like a black background, and you can't see it like that. Yeah. I don't know how you could ever defend something like that. Well, um, you could say, well, the the characters are evil so they put black text it's, and it's like blurring the yeah. line between like they, you could come up with some shit yeah. that's why it's, it's hard also to argue against um plot holes that have a, a ton of like evidence that 
are going against them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The um, film not being able to like follow its own rules is, you know, I, I would say a more objective complaint than subjective. Yeah. Yeah. There are but more then, objective complaints and there are like a filmmaking guidelines that we yeah. all basically agree with are yeah. good. Like if you have a sound in the background, that's usually not good. Or if the yeah, camera's like, out of focus. Yeah, exactly. If the camera's like, out of focus, right? Yeah, like, that's not good. Certain elements and qualities where you know there's obviously a goal that the director has in mind, or that you know an audience has in mind for what makes a film "quote unquote" good, but everyone's emotional and personal experience watching the film is still subjective by default yeah mm -hmm. you know so like whether or not you liked it is just a completely subjective thing or when you say i would have preferred for this to happen even though there's not anything technically wrong with how it was presented but i would have preferred this like that's incredibly subjective it comes down to how intentional you think certain things are uh, like david lynch inland empire looks like shit right <laughs> but i guess yeah. people thought it was intentional I'm like, yeah, some of it's intentional, maybe not. So I guess that's another deciding mm -hmm. factor. Is yeah. if the filmmaker actually wanted to make something look bad or if he made a mistake. Well, right? yeah, I mean, so the more... Is, who knows? The more cryptic and metaphorical your film is, the more subjective people's experiences are going to be. Because it is yeah. difficult to tell what's intentional and what isn't when so much of a film is non-literal. Right, but when it's being played very yeah. straight, then it is easier to kind of pick pick out those those points. At the end of the day, the emotional experience is what I would say w would be the uh, most subjective in terms of what you can get out of the film. Because you can say something like that film wasn't funny, but to a lot of people it was. You know, like a sense of humor is incredibly subjective. So yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, let's look at a film like Rampage which I've seen. Um, oh, great. Technically, technically, it's a perfect movie because all the sound design is good and, like, the visual effects are good. And, you know, it's in focus. So why is a movie like that bad? There you go. You, <laughs> it you, you fucking nailed it, it on it that It isn't. One. That's right. It's a five out of five. I wish I could comment on that film, but I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, I mean... Uh -huh. <laughs> That'll be my yeah. next film recommendation. I, I, flipped <laughs> I flipped a coin before going into either Ready Player One or Rampage, and it landed on Ready Player One. So. Oh, wow. Oh, really? So that's how you decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good job, everybody. Good answers, everybody. All right. Uh -huh. So now we are uh, moving into the uh, end of our podcast where another film gets recommended, and we have a recommendation from Ralph. Because no, uh, it's me this week. Oh, okay. How is it? Um, how is it happening this week? Oh yeah. Wait. I'm so no, no, confused. I'm, My schedule is are, so out of whack. Are we doing so, the thing? Wait. Because yeah, let's we cut it out. To do let's it with, cut this uh, out. Yeah, we'll cut this. Yeah, out. Chris is in next episode. It's the one after. So I'm gonna recommend mommy next. What? Time. Uh, let's. I could check my calendar. Because we're recording. Yeah, double check. No, it, it is the next episode. That's two weeks from now. Okay. Okay. So it is Ralph then. So I guess I'm gonna recommend the movie. Yes. Because we have a special guest coming on. And yes, we have a special I, we, guest we next end. week, probably. And that special <laughs> guest is Movie Bob, everybody. Hey. We're gonna watch <laughs> uh, no. Um we're gonna watch the film Mommy, which mm -hmm. is by uh what the fuck's his name? Felix? What uh, the fuck's the guy's name who made it? <laughs> Xavier Dolan. Xavier Dolan. French Canadian. Filmed by Xavier Dolan in twenty fourteen. 
It's mm-hmm. an excellent movie. And we're going to show it to our guest coming on next podcast, Chris Stuckman. Yes. World-renowned film critic. Chris it is. Um, I can't wait. I don't think Alex has seen it. I've seen it. I haven't. No, I would love my to. Watch list, but I would definitely love it. to talk about it on the podcast. Ralph yeah. and I kind of talked. We we figured it's something that we wanted to introduce to uh, Chris. So that's why the, yeah. we're kind of doing the recommendations out of order. So I guess Alex, you'll be next week or something. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But we kind of wanted yeah, we'll to line it, it up with uh, the schedules and when we could get guests. So yeah, Chris yeah, Stuckman, yeah. prepare to get Stuckmanized, everybody. Oh, hell yeah. Mm. Um, still his intro. Nice. Yes, oh, and if wait. for some odd reason he responds that he's not available that day, then we'll just we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. like record an alternate ending or something. <laughs> do an alternate ending. Yeah, we should we should yeah. have one ready just in case. So if you're hearing, you could do like a text to speech program. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's funny. If you're hearing this ending on the podcast, then Chris Stuckman is confirmed for n- next episode. Yeah, good. Okay. And uh, yeah, I guess that uh, makes another episode. Another one in, it's for the books. If you want to join in on the discussion for the film Mommy, make sure to watch the film before uh, two weeks from when you hear this. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it will be a spoiler discussion. If you would like to support the podcast, we all have our own YouTube channels that you can subscribe to. And some of us have Patreons too. Uh, we will be having a website apparently. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. We're still looking to get approved on Spotify, aren't we? I think yeah. so. We're still just waiting yeah. back on that one. It's all screwed up. Yeah. Spotify like we're trying to get on Spotify, but apparently they all have to be approved. I'm like trying to monetize SoundCloud. They're like, nah. So, yeah. We're having <laughs> some difficulties, but uh, we're working on it, boys. So uh, give us stay a break, tuned. guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> yeah. We're doing our best. We're trying really right. hard. All right. That's it. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye-bye. Bye.